as we walk through Psalm 25 together. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. His soul shall abide in well-being and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. He will pluck my feet out of the net. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, on this day you once taught the hearts of your faithful people by sending them the light of your Holy Spirit. Grant us in our day by the same Spirit to have a right understanding in all things and evermore to rejoice in his holy consolation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. For our scripture readings, we will first hear from the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, chapter 11. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. And then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. They did not continue doing it. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading this day from the book of Acts in the second chapter. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. In the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. And I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel from John's gospel in the seventh chapter. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated mercy and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for gathering us together around your gifts into your presence to receive of your word. We pray you work by your spirit. Remove distractions from our hearts and minds and let us rest in the promises that you give us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, here it is, 50 days after Easter. This is Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, as it's also known in the rhythms of the Jewish life. It's a feast that celebrates the end of the spring harvest, a feast that everyone would gather together to celebrate God's goodness and how he has provided for his people throughout the season and brought in the harvest so that they could rest through the summer, prepare the land, for another harvest that would come in the fall. 
the Feast of Booths or Tabernacles. These are both harvest-type festivals that go on in the rhythm of the Jewish life. In fact, in our readings, we hear from both of them. In the Acts reading at Pentecost, that's the festival going on, this 50 days after uh, Passover, this 50 days after Easter. We've got this Feast of Weeks going. Everybody gathered together for this time, a pilgrimage-type feast. And then in the Gospel reading with Jesus, that's at the Feast of Booths in the fall when they're celebrating all of what God had done to provide for his people in the wilderness and how he continued to provide for his people through the harvests and how when they were thirsty, he had brought water out of a rock. And on that day, the last day, the great day when Jesus was standing there, after they had brought water up from a pool into the temple area, and he says, if you thirst, come to me. Because I'll give you of something that's never-ending. And your thirst will absolutely go away. Because from your heart will spring rivers of living water. And as John kindly lets us know, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. This life-giving Spirit. Who we also then, later, chronologically, after Jesus' day, when we get back to that reading in Acts, that's when he gave that Holy Spirit. What about that time with Moses? Because he actually said something well before both of those events that we read about in Acts and in John. It was really quite a wonderful time. Now remember, when Moses was called out of the fields by God to shepherd God's people and go into Egypt and lead them out of slavery and go talk to Pharaoh and all those sorts of things, God called Moses out and Moses said, No, I don't talk so well. That's fine, I'll give you somebody to talk with you and give you support, right? So he gives them Aaron, and then they also get Joshua, who's there. Um, maybe I'm remembering the name wrong. But either way, the guy we read about in the Old Testament reading, he was there from his youth, right, supporting him. So, calls Moses out, they go out to Mount Sinai, they do all this stuff, they are leaving there, and they're out in the wilderness area, and now the people are starting to long for the days of old when they were in slavery, and they are tired and fed up with this God-given manna that miraculously shows up every morning to give them exactly what they need. It's plain, it's boring, it's mundane. They're longing for the life before. They got to eat meat and cucumbers and onions and all these delicious things over in Egypt. It didn't matter so much they were in slavery. They just really wanted all the food again. They wanted all the things that tasted good. They were bored of what God was giving them. Sometimes we get that way. We get a little bored with the mundane and the regular. Yet God continues to take care of his people through these things. And how often we long for a word from before. So that's where they're at. And they complain to Moses. And then Moses goes to God. And God says, all right, I got you covered. I hear the complaints. I hear where the people are coming from. And Moses was tired. Because he goes to God and he says, I can't take it anymore. I can't handle this burden on my own. I can't do this just with everybody coming to me. And God said, okay. Gather together 70 of the elders, of those with wisdom, of those who are trusted amongst the people. Gather them together around my presence in the tabernacle. And I will be there and speak to you and give of your spirit and place it upon them. Give of the Holy Spirit that God had placed upon Moses as leader 
and share it amongst those 70, to be leaders in the community, to be spiritual guides in the community, to be judges over things going on so that not everybody was coming to Moses. So Moses did that. He gathered folks together. He called out 70 guys, and it looks like 68 of them showed up at the tent, and the other two slept in or were hungry or something because Eldad and Medad stayed in the camp. You've got the tent over here, the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. Moses gets all the guys around there, and you've got the camp over there, and Eldad and Medad are still over there. And so Moses says, fine, we're done waiting for them. God's shown up. Let's get this thing started. So God shows up. Drops into the middle of the tent like he always did to show his presence of a big cloud and all those sorts of things. And then he takes up this Holy Spirit that he had placed upon Moses. And without leaving Moses lacking of anything, takes the Spirit and puts it upon the 68 that are there. And they start prophesying. And I bet you want to know what they said. We have no idea. There's no way to know exactly what they said or what they were prophesying. But I can tell you one thing. Because it's the same thing that happens anytime the Holy Spirit shows up, and it's the same time or same thing that happens anytime someone's prophesying in Scripture, they're speaking God's word. They're speaking God's will. They're doing something that God is directing. And in the middle of that, they realize what's going on. But then there's also the other two guys still in the camp, Eldad and Medad. They start prophesying too. Except they didn't hear the stopping of everybody else they kept going they kept speaking god's word in the middle of the people and some young ones that were out there got a little scared and they run over to moses and they say eldad and medad are doing your job moses and joshua the son of nun right comes over and he says moses these guys are doing your job they're speaking god's word everybody might get misled watch out tell them to stop moses says are you are you jealous for my sake do you think that I'm the only one that can lead and speak God's word? Oh, how would it be if everybody had God's presence with them? How would it be if God's spirit was laid upon everybody? That's Moses' wish in that moment. That's Moses' desire in that moment, that everybody would know God's word and have his presence within them, a gift of God placed in their life so they would no longer want all of the days in life before and all the words of before, but they would rest in the promised presence of God for them. What a beautiful desire. It's a beautiful wish. And that's what you start to see as the prophet Joel then comes later and says all those things Moses has wished for, that's what's going to happen. And then you see this day of Pentecost, this beautiful day that has come after the ascension, this beautiful day that is the fulfillment of everything Christ promised when he went to the Father. And he told everybody, look, I'm going to die for you. I'm going to rise for you. I'm going to go to the Father for you and prepare a place because if I don't go, then I can't send the Comforter. I can't send the Spirit. The spirit of truth, the one who's going to lead you in all wisdom, the one who's going to guide you in all things, the one who's going to lead you in my word. So we've got the Father there. It's got everything in motion and overseeing everything in presence in there. You've got the word made flesh, the Son who is there, who died for the forgiveness of our sins and rose for the justification of us and goes to the presence of the Father, Father to send the Spirit. This one who would be placed upon all of God's people. 
This one who would lead and guide, who would call and gather and enlighten and then sanctify. As he would lead God's people. The spirit of truth that points to Jesus. That's all the Holy Spirit does. He comes and he calls you by the gospel to say, look, there's forgiveness for your sins. He gathers you together into a place to hear that very word to be preached into your ears. And then he enlightens your hearts and minds and eyes to hear that word and rest in it and understand it and believe it and have faith in it. And he gives you all of those things. And then he says, I'm also going to lead you into a life that looks different than it did before. So you're not longing for the meat pots and slavery, but you're actually enjoying the fact that God is present with you, even in the mundane things like manna and wafers and words. See, God's presence is promised us, and he is here as he promises as well. It's hard to see all the time, yet Anytime there's a baptism, God promises to be present in that word where his name is placed upon that person getting washed in those waters for the forgiveness of their sins and given the gift of faith in the Holy Spirit. It's exactly what happened after Peter preached at Pentecost. He stood up there and they all started speaking in languages that the folks could understand and they weren't speaking the traditional Hebrew in the Temple Mount, which is what you were supposed to be speaking if you were up at the temple, but they started speaking in ways that everybody could understand and everybody was cut to the heart and they said, now what? What do we do? What do we have to change? Peter says, nothing. Believe and be baptized and that same spirit will be given to you. See, that's where you all rest right now, in your baptism where God has placed his spirit upon you so that you would know of the promise and the forgiveness of sins in Christ alone, so that you would rest in that promise and know that all those sins from your youth, as we read about in the Psalms, are washed away in the blood of Christ, so that you would wake up each morning knowing that God's love is absolutely and perfectly for you in Christ. It's the spirit that gives you that. It's a spirit that points you towards that. It's a spirit that continues to lead your direction in that. And it's a spirit that works through you so others would hear of that same word. So that all of God's people would have that spirit resting upon them. His sons, his daughters, all of them in those last days. Which is pretty much from the ascension until when Christ comes back. Throughout that entire time. And there's some of us that are called into different settings. There are those of us like Pastor Bob and Pastor Augie and myself and Pastor Meyer and Vogelzang and Bayer and all those before in community Lutheran's history that you have called out to go into God's word and bring it back to you, to preach it into your ears. But see, I get to preach mostly to Christians. I don't often get to speak to a whole lot of non-Christians. My world is kind of wrapped up in the folks that come to church. You get to cross paths with all kinds of folks. And you get to preach the very same word into their ears. You get to let them know of a forgiveness of sins that lets you rest because you know eternity is taken care of for you in Christ. What a beautiful promise and a beautiful word to hand out to folks. But see, our prayer is always that the Holy Spirit continues to work as he did that day of Pentecost. That he would call people by the gospel. That he would gather them together to hear that word, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or in a bigger setting. That he would enlighten those hearts to have faith. 
to give them a gift that is willing to hold on to that word and trust in those promises and then lead them in that word. He leads you in that word. You get to rest in the fulfillment of Moses' wish, won for us by Jesus, who has given the Spirit freely to you. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you have done to send of your promised Spirit to us so that we would know of your presence, so that we would feel where you are with us, so that we would know that your word is active because of your spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you continue to open our hearts and minds to your presence, to know of where you are for us, so that in the depths of our despair or the heights of our joy, we know that you are present with us as you promised, continuing to be with us until the day where you gather us together into your true physical presence when you come back into your creation. We thank you for all the work that you do by your Spirit through us for the benefit of all those around us. In Jesus' name, amen.